Mr. Mark Selby, how are you, sir? Mr. Matthew Gordon, doing very, very well. Glad to hear it. I was good to see you in a Quebec City last week. What an event. Big turnout. Do you get much from it? Yeah, no, it was good. You know, w with these conferences, you, you know, you end up with 20, 25 meetings. But, uh, you know, the, the key there is if you have six good ones, then, you know, to me, it's worth it. And, and you know, we did get six good ones out of it. So, you know, it, this is the second time they ran this event. And, and it was a big step up from, you know, the, the first first version. So, uh, again, I hope it ends up as a, as a you know, a, a regular on the calendar going forward because I thought they did a pretty good job, so. Yeah, yeah, for sure. and I'd say the other thing I took away from that was the 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 battery boys were the stars of the show. Every, the, the, the torchlight was firmly on them, and the gold guys were sort of mostly moping in the corner. Battery medals are king. Wow, good news! Getting their day in the sun. Getting there. Getting the day in the sun. I certainly I better put that in context. Getting the day in the sun from industry. Getting the day in the sun from. Governments, federal, provincial, state, uh, etc. Getting getting it down somewhere. It comes to uh, funders looking and trying to understand who's real and who's not. And I, I guess that was the thing I enjoyed most was seeing a lot of companies who could talk the game of how they're actually going to get into production because it's the metal we need. Yes, not the not the, not the conversation around, not the promote, not the pushing of equities that give me the metal. That's the big problem um, that needs to be solved. And it's nice to see a few companies who could you know, uh, hopefully get over the line on that front. But look, anyway, enough of my ramblings and thoughts of, of last week. It was a good session. I'm definitely going to see it. Um, let's talk about the world of nickel. Uh, what's happening out there, nickel price? So my long-awaited uh, uh, waiting for Godot moment uh, in terms of the test of the $9 pound, $20,000 ton level has finally arrived about three months later uh, than I thought it was going to. So uh, it's bouncing off $9.00. Pound twenty thousand bucks a ton right now, so we'll see. You know, we'll see how that goes. I, I expect it to break down. Um, you know, there's enough noise from China in terms of slowdown there. People nervous about are we going to see you know some more rate hikes because inflation looks a little stickier. So you know, I think that gives the bears a shot at uh, you know uh, you know push pushing the price down. Uh, but again, I expect any kind of breakdown to be short. You know, looking sort of two to three months below that level, and before you know by the time we get to the end of the year. You know, the, the rebound and restocking in the battery sector, which is, again, continues well underway, uh, you know, we'll, we'll take prices back up over, you know, back up over 20 and, you know, back towards the $24,000, a ton level. Um, it's interesting. And, and are you starting, well, I, I know it's from the cop side, but are you starting to see all battery metals starting to behave the same way? Because um, I know lithium's, lithium price has been beaten up good for, you know, the last, guess eight eight nine months um come back a little bit last month but my goodness the the equity side um has gone flying out of the gate uh, on on news of you know um demand news um how's everything else behaving yeah no that's that's you know that the uh you know as we talked about you know just because one co one commodity goes down basically it, it pulls all of the the, the battery related commodities down with it so this rebound that we're seeing in lithium really is leading to a restocking and demand across, you know, across the various metals. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see how, you know, things play out through the remainder of the year. But, but, but again, I think you'll continue to see all those metals um, as, as the, the battery supply chain restocks after a pretty severe, just destock in the first half. Um, you know, I, again, we'll, we'll, uh, you know, we'll, we'll surprise people. And uh, again, you know, lithium prices came off, you know, almost 75%. 
uh, from their highs, but uh, you know they're, they're still more than double where they were, you know, uh, a couple of years ago. So I think, you know, for lithium equity investors, you know, the fact that you're seeing prices, you know, come back up into the thirty thousand dollar ton range, you know, the read through on valuations, if if that is really going to be a you know twenty five thousand, you know, more of a longer term floor, you know, then I think that's that's pretty exciting for you know a bunch of the lithium equities out there. Um, and if, and if I obviously we, we saw recently a little slug of Russian nickel showing up in the market. What effect does that have? Yeah, so so inventories of metal and of nickel metal in various forms were ridiculously tight in China. They were literally down to a few thousand tons. So it was you know so premiums had had gotten quite quite wide, uh, quite big um, in China. And so again, markets fix those kind of imbalances. And and so you know a big slug of Russian nickel uh, uh, arrived a few weeks ago. You know with the desired you know impact. You've seen premiums compress. Uh, you know, what that's done, you know, again, the big topic, you know, uh, for us this year is really around convergence. So, you know, as we are able to move back from, you know, the NPI and, and um, you know, intermediate pricing clearing the market to go back up to where the LME price or the index prices are clearing the market again is is well underway. So we saw another decrease in the, in the sulfate discount by about 25% this week as nickel prices came down. Uh, premiums came down and sulfate prices edged up a little bit. Uh, it'll be interesting to see, you know, with if nickel prices hang in, hang, hang in at this $20,000 a ton level, that's another step down in the nickel price. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, how sulfate prices respond, respond next week and see if we, you know, see, uh, you know, a further convergence there. So uh, good to see that's well underway. Again, it's going to take another six to 12 months before we're, we're through it all, but uh, it looks well on its way. Stainless, again, with all the sort of macroeconomic noise, Stainless is still kind of a little bit, little bit soggy, um, but but again, not seeing you know discounts widen slightly, but but nothing, nothing uh, of any any great note. Okay, and so right, we said we'd talk about a little bit of company news last week, um, so um, let's do it. We've got it. We've got a handful of companies we want to talk about. So who are you starting with? Yeah, so you know, the, the the good piece is is you know uh, again for a lot of retail investors, you know people get pretty focused on just just drilling and resource statements, but. You know, when you're building a real project, there's a, a bunch of things you have to do to advance advance your project. So, you know, it was good to see, you know, some of the names that we've been following, uh, 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 you know, over the past couple of years. So Talon uh, uh, basically applied, you know, put their official permit application in place uh, for the mine in Minnesota. So, you know, good to see and a big step forward uh, for those guys. Uh, it's interesting, um, you know, this is not your typical mine design, but I think it's clever on their part. Um, you know, there's a rail line very close by uh, the, the property. Um, that uh, rail line goes to a state called North Dakota. North Dakota is a far more resource-friendly uh, state than, than Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota, you know, there are a couple of companies that have been waiting 15 years to get their permits. Uh, so, you know, they quite smartly said, okay, let's put the mill and the tailings in North Dakota, and, and we'll just ship all the ore by rail to, you know, out to that uh, location. You know, obviously, you can only do that with a higher, you know, higher grade deposit, which is which is what they have. So, you know, good to see them on that front. I mean, it, you, you know, the mine itself they've they've condensed down to a very small footprint. So, you know, hopefully they can uh, and and do it as an underground mine. So there's not much of a surface footprint. So hopefully they can, uh, you know, that allows them to to get that moving moving pretty well. Not my backyard. Lives lives long and strong. Um, <laughs> well done, Minnesota. Um, Oh, uh, Adavale also. We talked about them, I think, last time out. Yeah. So, 
they um, they uh, are again new uh, new targets in, in Tanzania near Kabanga. Uh, now they've been drilling around some historic results, um, and so you know the key here is if they're able to then step out from some of the historic. Not sure uh, they reported some more drill results. Not sure they they've made that step out yet. I got to check it, but again, you know, Kabanga is a world class deposit. You know, at a pretty tough location, um, but you know, you know, the, the you generally where you find world class deposits near some other world class deposits. So, you know, hopefully we'll we'll see that one going. And then coming back to the like the project advancers, you've got Centaurus. Uh, they bought back the offtake rights. So when they acquired the asset, uh, you know. To, to my mind, it was one of the best deals of the last <laughs> the last ten years. So Centaurus was a, had a uh, iron ore, copper, gold deposit um, that they were advancing in Brazil about three years ago. Before people really got excited about nickel, they decided to swap assets with Valley. So they gave them that they gave them this this iron ore, copper asset, and they took out um, this, this nickel discovery that had been made by Va- Valley about twelve years ago and had had a resource there. Um, and so they've done a good job uh, advancing it further. But as part of that deal, they gave up the offtake rights to it. Um, and again, as we've talked on the show, you know, this is a great period where you have the battery makers, the car makers, you know, who are desperate for offtake and are you know w- willing to write checks for that offtake. So uh, they they gave up a royalty uh, uh, to Valet uh, on the property to get them back. But I, you know, again, I thought it was it was a pretty good deal. And for them, opens up you know the potential for hundreds of millions of dollars of financing um, from the battery supply chain, which will you know obviously you know make, make it easier to get that project going. And then the last big project that you know continues to advance, you know FPX is targeting a pre-fees uh, in the fall, and so uh, they released their metallurgy uh, results. Uh, there was a net increase of four percent, which is great. Um, their their historic magnetic only uh, that the recovery for that dropped by two percent. Um, but they've tacked on a, uh, a a tailings leach circuit that that grabs another six percentage points of recovery. So uh, they're getting eighty eight percent of their what they call Davis tube recoverable nickel because again that the mineral they have is a warite, uh, which is magnetic. Um, but in terms of overall, their overall nickel grade is point two one, and they're getting about fifty five percent of of that that overall nickel grade. So good to see those results, and you know they should you know should should come out with a decent uh, pre fees uh, this fall. Fantastic. Nice, nice little updates. Um, you've had a little bit of news um, re-Texmont, haven't you? Yeah. So so again, you know, Texmont is our basically low CapEx, short path uh, into uh, you know, small-scale production, targeting 2025. Uh, yeah, we were very encouraged by the, the uh, mineralogy, uh, first metallurgy work we did. Um, you know, this mine operated very briefly in the early 70s, sort of that 1.5% to 2% nickel. You know, we believe there's a lot more nickel there, you know, at, at lower grades of 1%, you know, between 0.6 and 1%. And so, uh, you know, the great thing is we got recoveries of between 79 and 84% from 0.6% all the way up to 1.5%. So, um, you, know, ve- you know, very, very happy to have those kinds of recovery levels uh, coming there. And again, making it into a pretty high grade concentrate, you know, at, you know, north of, you know, from 18% to as much as, as 20% plus. So, um, st- you know, this is just the, you know, your first stage work. So there's a lot more to do there, but, you know, very, very encouraged by the results there. And and again, just, just, just is, you know, uh, you know, clear signpost that we're on the, on the track to do something there. Again, given the great results we've had with Texmont so far, Texmont's sitting in a whole series of structures that extend about 20 kilometers. So uh, we 
did uh, our our deal guy did ten deals to consolidate the land that whole trend for the first time ever, um, and so you know we've put together an exploration package that we think will yield the additional text mods in the future. So uh, you know again, we really do believe Timmins is going to be a great big nickel district uh, with multiple types of nickel deposits, just like you see in Western Australia. And so for us, you know, um, with the results we're seeing at Texmont, you know, picking up the rest of that property for, for again, not much money um, was was a, was a no-brainer. Yeah, okay. Well, n- n- nice update. And maybe um, when you've got a bit, bit more on that, you come on and give us a bit, bit, bit more detail um, on on one of those sort of company shows. Um, the, the other conversation I'm sort of um, conscious uh, that I was hearing a lot of, a lot of conversation about, and I know you were heavily involved with this, which is around this um, carbon capture storage. At Quebec, Quebec government, very, very serious, very, very generous with its funding for Quebec-based um, companies. Um, lots of other conversations going on for elsewhere around the world about how, how, pe- how people get start to understand it, you know, and um, maybe even how to play it from the investment perspective. But I was kind of intrigued by some of the companies were even talking that, that game um, in terms of, you know, what they're going to have to do to kind of step up to the plate. You, you've been bouncing around the world. Is... It's a nascent space. I've said that to you a few times, but do you think there's a better understanding of from companies, from industry, from funders, from from governments uh, now as as now things have sort of you know it's been around for you know a few years, a couple of years. Yeah, yeah, no, no, for sure. I mean, there's still a lot of moving pieces, but you know the the again in, in the you know the fact that we're going to be a megaton per annum you know carbon storage facility. With our project has opened up the doors to some pretty large uh, companies who are interested in playing in this space, and you know the 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 view that you know that they see in Canada, you know we have a mandated uh, carbon price that's going to go up by fifteen dollar ton increments to one hundred and seventy dollars a ton uh, in twenty thirty. You know th- their view is you know things will be you know still be relatively quiet for the next few years, but once that price hits that tipping point, that um, you know the, co- the the carbon you know, the carbon tax hits a point where uh, it's more advantageous to capture that carbon and start storing it. It's just going to be one of those things that's going to go from zero to a hundred in a very few years. You know, in a, in, a, in a few years, and and again, you know, not quite sure exactly where that tipping point is, but you know, it's it is going to get to that point before 2030. So, um, you know, these companies are keen to find places to store carbon. Uh, you know, there's a lot more technologies out there, you know, that are, are being implemented to be able to easy, easily capture CO2 from various uh, gas streams. So, um, yeah, so no, it's it's becoming very real and, uh, you know, some pretty, pretty exciting things going on in that space. Mark, as always, thanks very much for giving us the nickel update uh, and, and, and market news. Uh, we'll see you next week. Sounds good, sir.